1: Hi, everybody, it's Joseph Shepard.
0: And it's your girl, Miss Laganja
1: Astranja. Should we welcome everybody to a little podcast that we do called <gasps>
0: Queening, Queening Out? Oh, we're never going to get that, we're even ne- in person. <laughs>
1: we got it the first
0: time in person. <laughs> well, let's look at each other and try it. Okay. And welcome to Queening, Queening Out. Out. There it is. There we go. This is a podcast where Joseph and I review each and every episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Seven, baby, the winner cycle.
1: Winners, 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 and lots of chicken dinners. Now, Laganjo, we ask all of everybody who listens to write us emails into Lagonjo's at gmail.com. And I think we also have a voicemail
0: number, too, right? That's right. We have a voicemail, and you can leave us a love note, a hate note, a question, whatever you want. And the number is... 323 607 5116. And we would love to hear from each and every one of you. Ooh, do you want to take this first email we have? Ooh, we love an email. Let's do it. I am loving this podcast. It is a treat to see you two beautiful people sharing your insight and charm on this platform. I wanted to pass on to y'all where I think Night of a Thousand Blanks came from. In 1991, at the then infamous club Mother, located in the meatpacking district in NYC, fans of the legendary Stevie Nicks got together and created a fan event where people could come dressed up as Stevie or just themselves to celebrate all things Stevie with great performances and friendship. So many people showed up; it literally looked like 1,000 Stevies. Ah. The show that was produced by Chichi Valente and Johnny denell was so. Popular Popular that they decided to make it an annual event and it has been going on for 30 years Again, I'm loving the video podcast. Take care and be blessed. Sincerely, Gary. Oh my gosh, Gary. Gary, We love it when you drop little, you know, education on us. That's so interesting to know. I love that. It's
1: like Gary the historian.
0: I love it. I, you know, I just actually discovered that Stevie Nicks is actually considered rock music. Really? Yeah, I thought she was um bluegrass. Cause to me she has kind of like a con- so I thought she had I like a it. kind of country sound her witchy vibe but we were actually listening to Stevie in the car yesterday and my best friends educated me on her as being a classic rock star so I love to be educated you know I do know a lot of uh, a lot of information in certain areas but I think as an artist one of the best things you can do is just always be open to learning new information you know I don't ever want to go stale I always want to learn so thank you so much Gary for writing in and educating us on a night of a thousand blanks.
1: Night of a thousand blanks. If you could be in a night of a thousands, what would you want to be?
0: Well, what I was first going to say is a night of a thousand blanks sounds like my hookup uh, history since taking HRT. I was like, that's sounding familiar, Night of a Thousand Blanks. <laughs> no, but if I could do a Night of a Thousand Blanks, it would probably be maybe a Night of a Thousand Bob Fosse's, one of my favorite Ooh. choreographers. So many musicals he did. I think that could be really fun. Or I would say maybe like a Night of a Thousand Britney Spears. I really yes. love her. She's amazing. I feel like I know so many of her iconic looks. So I would feel pretty comfortable being able to like pull that off. What about yourself?
1: I agree with the Britney. Okay. I, I'm a big Britney fan. Well, which one
0: would you do? Ooh. It's you
1: a know, lot to choose from. I would love, <sighs> I think I personally would love to do the Oops, I Did It Again, VMA's performance with that- the Yellow Snake. No, no, no. That was the that was the slave for you. Oh, okay. The one where it
0: was kind of like the see through beaded. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She had on the suit and she ripped it off. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think I would probably want to do the the snake, which I've already done. But if I had to choose another one, probably the denim. I loved the denim look she did with Justin. So iconic to me.
1: I changed my mind. I I sparked another one. You sparked another one. Okay. I was obsessed with. I did it
0: again. (laughs) See how soon I did there? So punny.
1: Um, I was obsessed with this video when Which I overprotected. Okay. And she had this look, and I was so obsessed. I drew it. My mom found the drawing, ripped it up. No. Yeah. And she was like, no, we do not do that here. That look, the like, okay. the blue, like, Gorgeous. like, I don't know what it is. Loving the ripped
0: skirt. It's so funny because now I feel like all the 90s vibes are coming are back coming in. Back. Yeah. Coming totally back in. Love it.
1: Well, um, now I think it's time we get to, we have three voicemails that we should listen oh to. Oh, my gosh. Okay, let's do it. All right. We have our first voicemail. Let's hit the play button. Hey, Joseph and Ganja. I'm Corey from San Antonio. I love seeing y'all talking together about things because of y'all signs, Capricorn and Pisces. I'm also a Capricorn, and I am with a Pisces, and I know we're a great match I was wondering for y'all if you ever find yourself drawn or around certain Zodiac signs. And also was wondering what's your favorite bar in the U.S. that you've been to? Thanks, guys. Oh, I love it. Well, I have
0: to admit, personally, I'm not really that into zodiac signs. Now, when people describe Capricorns to me, I'm like, okay, well, that's literally me. So it must be somewhat true. But I don't really like to, like, dictate how I judge someone off their zodiac sign. You know what I mean? Like, I do know for me that Scorpios, because my first boyfriend was a Scorpio, um, I'm very attracted to that kind of energy Leo Scorpios, but I don't necessarily mix well with that. Mm-hmm. But again, if someone was like, oh, hi, I'm blah, 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 and I'm a Scorpio, I'm not gonna be like, oh, can't be friends with you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I try not to judge off that. But I have noticed that Capricorns, we really stick together. I think because we're such a unique energy, we're, we're very hard workers, and we're very sensitive, that a lot of us really seem to like cohabitate well together in a situation. What about for you?
1: Ooh, it seems like, okay, my... Any bad relationship I've ever been in has been with a Leo. Okay. Every single one of them. But How- you love them too. However, all my friends, like I can be good with friends in a Leo territory, okay. but when we get into that dating territory, that's a no-no. Yeah. Um I will say I'm always good with Cancers it seems like. Cancers are sweet. Yeah. And then I really don't know that much about zodiac. Right. I love looking because like anytime I do like an audition or anything and I'm like oh my gosh, I think I nailed this or oh I think that I did so good. I'll always be like, okay, let me look in the next few days uh-huh. and see if they say anything like I should be expecting something great or big. I love it. And so then... you basically
0: tune into it when you think you need it. Yes, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's good. I like that. I see that for you. And now as far as my favorite bar in the US, this is a very difficult question because I've pretty much been to most gay bars I would think in the US. And I definitely have several that really come to mind that are like home bars where I'm, I'm there often. But if I had to pick one... It would probably be Scarlett in Honolulu, Hawaii. I love Hawaii. I, I dream of moving there. Um, I actually give credit to a lot of the women there for helping me with my transition. If you are not familiar with the Mahus, it is uh, a tale, I think, or maybe a, a, a myth of folklore. I'm not for sure the proper term for the story. But uh, it, it really describes sort of this third gender that kind of came to the island and helped raise the children who were very strong like men but kind like women. And so in the Hawaiian culture, being trans or being a third gender is really much more accepted. So by going there year after year and learning from these women, I really feel like I developed sort of a comfortability level with my own truth. So I love, you know, the club because it's in Hawaii, yes. And also because of all the incredible people that are there. And not to plug myself, but if you want to see a little bit more behind the scenes of when I go to Hawaii, I actually just dropped a vlog on my YouTube channel, which is what I call a day in the life of. They come out every Thursday at 420. And it shows you my most recent Trip to Scarlet, where I actually get to talk to some of the women and thank them for helping me with my transition, and of course I smoke weed and act a fool too. So this, it's fun, but it's also really sweet. And uh, definitely shout out to Scarlet, Honolulu. I love you. One of my favorite clubs, definitely in the U.S.
1: Ah, uh, I've never been to Hawaii, right? So like hearing this, I'm like, oh no, I probably love to. it. Oh. <laughs> I know that I would. Um, best club in the U.S. That is hard. I will have to say that like. Each place I've ever lived, there's always been, like, one club that, like, had some type of moment in my life. Um, in Atlanta, I was obsessed with Blake's. Um, yes. Um, and I loved falling down the stairs there quite sometimes <laughs> because the staircase from upstairs to downstairs is horrendous. Um, here in L.A., I don't think I've actually found
0: one in L.A. it like... Precinct's good. That's my favorite club in L.A. Uh, just because it has a great outdoor patio where I can smoke weed. Yes. And um, I also like it because it's a little bit more eclectic. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the clubs in West Hollywood are pretty homogenized white gays who yep. over tan and work out all the time. Yep. And I like Precinct because it attracts more bears and leather daddies and, yes. and just a, a mix of different races, religions. And and if I'm going to go out, I want to be in a melting pot and not in just like one, one. type of crowd.
1: Well, what I've always said, too, is that I really wish they would take like the neighborhood of West Hollywood and bring an eagle there, bring some other types of bars that like, you know, bring in different crowds. Because like you said, like you go to one bar and you're like, oh, wow, OK, that's cool. Next one's the exact same thing. Right. The
0: exact I same thought thing. you were going to say they should basically just start over.
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? That would work well, too.
0: You know, I mean, look, the, the, the cool thing about L.A. is it is a very accepting place. And I think even in those homogenized, you know, crowds. There is a place for everyone. Um, but for me, again, I just like to have reflected in the room what the world really looks like. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, again, when I'm just with one specific type of crowd, even if that was like going to a rock concert, right? And it's all rock people or going to a goth concert. It's all goth people. Those are fun because you feel included in that moment. But I like to really you know, feel like it's not just a moment and it's like life being reflected in that room. Exactly. Do you
1: feel, because I, I was thinking about this the other day, when you started out doing drag and you were doing like, you know, local bars and stuff, then when you get on drag race and things blow up and you start traveling a lot, do you experience <laughs> I always wanna know what's the experience when you go to different bars? Like, because they can't all they don't all have the same dressing room sizes, they all don't have the the extra if, ands, or buts. Do you like look up these bars before you go? Do you ever do that? Like, how do you figure this out?
0: So I never used to look up bars until Pulse happened. And when Pulse happened and the horrible, you know, mass shooting there, I realized that I needed to know a little bit more about clubs and like specifically escape routes. Mm-hmm. So that is something now that's in my contract. We always want to know, like, how does one leave from the stage, from the dressing room, just in case an incident were, was to go down. So I definitely look up that. Um, but otherwise, no, I I hate to say it, but... Um, a gay club's a gay club. Yeah. No matter where you go, it's going to have sticky floors. It's going to have loud music. It's going to have moving lights. May or may not have fog or LED screens, but they all do kind of blend together. And I think for me, what really makes the experiences unique is the people that are there, is yeah. the people that are working, is the people that are attending. And I think that's what really makes clubs stand out in my mind. I love that. Yeah. Well, let's push
1: play on this. Number two. Next voicemail we have. Once again, thank you guys so much for sending these voicemails to us, and you know, making this show what it is. Because when you guys get involved, the whole show ends up becoming like a moment of just talking and chatting, and like, exactly it's fun. We love
0: to get you guys involved. Back, back, back again. <laughs>
1: Hi, I was the first voicemail you played on the total request live one, and I was just very nervous. I didn't know what to say, but. Love you guys again so much. Glad you
0: take the position as my daddy. Oh my god, this is horrible. What I... Oh my god. Love you guys both. And still no name. Still no name. Anonymous high person. We love you. We love you
1: so much. I was laughing so hard at that first voicemail. I really enjoyed it. And then, like, he ended up whoever this anonymous high person is. Ended up writing was like, I was high, And he Oh my was god. Like, I was like, Yeah, of course you were. Come but on, Medicated. Was, come on, Medicated. It was so good. Um Yeah, thank you.
0: Thanks for the love again. We love hearing your voice. We hope this third time you'll let us know your name.
1: Yes. <laughs> and then we may call you back because it'll be third time's a charm, you Ooh. know? Ooh. Next up.
0: Number three.
1: Hey my Joseph.
0: Hi from Puerto Rico. It has been amazing this week's podcast and I hear the that, that you're coming to Puerto Rico on July. So I'm excited to be able to see you. It would be lovely if I get to meet you. But I know that I don't think they have meet and greet. So I'm sad about that, but I will definitely go and see you. So this week's challenge, talking about All Star Seven, um, it's a sewing one. So I would I would want to know if you knew that it was a sewing challenge, who would you have blocked? And Joseph, how do you think you would do on a Thank you. It's been lovely again to hear you. Have a good one. Bye. Oh, well, first and foremost, yes, I am coming to Puerto Rico. My first time ever. Wow. It's crazy. I feel like I've been everywhere. I just said that, and then I'm like, well, actually, I haven't been there. So, my first time in Puerto Rico, I'm so thankful to a dear queen named Queen Beho. She is iconic literally you need to look her up she does so many performances but if I had to pick one one of my favorites of hers is uh, a pageant competition and she did a saw you know the movie saw like the horror movie she did like a saw mix and literally like comes riding in on the tricycle tricycle? it's so iconic and she gets thrown in the air because she's also like I don't know if she's formally trained as a cheerleader or a a gymnast but she definitely is like she definitely is that So anyways, we've been friends for each other for a very long time. We actually just met for the first time at DragCon and she is bringing me to Puerto Rico and I'm going to be staying there for a week. So even though there's no meet and greet, there will be plenty of opportunities to meet me. So I hope to meet you too. Now, uh, to answer your question... So if I had to block someone in the sewing challenge, it definitely would be Raja. I think that she's so known for her creativity and her looks. And after she pulled out that gold LeMay like, fabulosity, I feel like that's who I would have probably blocked if I had the insight knowing that the next that, challenge yeah. would be a sewing challenge. That's a good one. What about uh, you? Trinity.
1: Oh, yes. I think oh, my God. Trin- like, Raja and Trinity both, it's like, I you never know what's going to come out, but every single time it comes out, you're like,
0: Are you kidding me? Yeah, I think your choice is actually smarter because Raja's been, you know, teetering on things, whereas Trinity has been nailing it every single time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, yeah, actually, now I want to switch my answer. Like, (laughs) to switch my answer, it would be Trinity. I would block Trinity. What was that? Because I also don't really want to block Raja. That's like my mama. And I think I would, like, feel really bad for doing that. Whereas Trinity, I'm like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. I could block her. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, Trinity. I love you, too. (laughs)
1: Um, and the other part you asked me was how do you think that I would do in a um challenge like that? I think hot glue, of course, would be my best friend. Right. I actually believe that I could execute something well, but the issue would become Jinx's issue. How this episode we saw Jinx go into like her, like she kept laughing and she like messed up and that that type of stuff would be me. My boyfriend literally looked at me and goes, That's you. Like he was like. There is nobody else to describe what it was because a lot of times what happens with me is that I get so excited, I'll be creative, I make something, I do something, and then I look at it and I'm like, okay, here we go, these nails right here. Here's a great example. I tried painting my nails yesterday. Because you know what, I I I felt it. I went to go see Juno Birch last night and I was like, let me paint my nails, let me have a moment. And-
0: What happened, girl?
1: Well, they looked okay. And then I took a shower and then,
0: did you forget the top
1: coat? I put the top coat on, but the top coat—I don't know—one ended up messing up. And then I got mad. So then, when I get mad at something, it's like fuck it all. Right. So then take I was just off. like in the shower, and I was like fuck this, fuck this, fuck this, fuck this. So then I took—not trying
0: to take it off with water, Mary. Uh, well, you need nail polish remover. I know, but that,
1: <laughs> thats why
0: my nails look like I've been bruised. So uh, that, or like little kids—they look like little kids who colored on their nails. That's why you got to get yourself a professional nail tech. Hello. Well, you know what, Laganja, after this, I will go get these. You should. Done. I should. Because having your nails painted is so fun. Like, I swear to God, every time, you know, I look down at my hands, like when I'm masturbating or something, I'm like, God, my <laughs> nails are so gorgeous. You know what I mean? They're gorgeous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't masturbate. I already told you it's a night of a thousand blanks. Night of a thousand blanks.
1: A thousand blanks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now that joke's really setting in. Yes. Now it
1: hit me. Now it hit me. Um, Well, thank you guys so much for sending us emails and voicemails. Make sure to do that. The email is Laganjoes, L-A-G-A-N-J-O-E-S at
0: gmail.com. And our voicemail is 323-607-5116. We love hearing from you each and every week. So thank you so much to everyone who reached out to us. We hope you feel our reaches back to you. Ooh. And before we get
1: into this legendary
0: legend episode, yes,
1: I need to talk to you about your legendary legend moment this past week. Well, girl, you knew
0: about it last week, but uh-huh. we couldn't we couldn't reveal it or reveal it to all of you. So I was dying. I was dying last week not being able to say it. But yes, I did have truly an iconic moment that I never thought would happen in my career. I danced with and for Madonna. <laughs> Yeah, for New York Pride, it was a part of the Women of Wonder NFT project. And it was just, it was incredible. I mean, I had auditioned for Madonna. Um, literally, I got the call at 930 in LA and they said, can you be in full glam and in Hollywood in an hour? So I rushed home, got in full glam, got to the audition. They taught me the choreography in 10 minutes. Oh. And then they were like, okay, we're putting you in front of Madonna. And I was like, wait, what? Put me in a full costume. I walk into the room. Before I even start dancing, they're already like pushing me behind a curtain. And they're like, no, 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 Madonna doesn't like the look. We have to change her look. I hadn't even started yet. And I was like, I'm already losing. So they change my complete look. I finally show her what I've learned. And she's like, "Okay, great. Now I need to see the whole thing. And the choreographer is like, "Okay, but we only taught her like the first five, eight counts. And she's like, that's fine. I just need to see the whole thing. So there I was, I did the first 5 8 counts and then literally I was just like improving the rest of the number trying to pick up the choreography as much as I could. The choreographer's like moving my hips, being like, "Okay, go over here. Okay, go over there." Like it was so intense, but I felt like, you know, my years and years of education that I'm so grateful that my parents paid for, like really paid off, you know, I pride myself in being a quick learner when it comes to choreography and I pride myself in being a true professional when it comes to showmanship and I think well I know it showed in that audition because I got the job and it was crazy I was fully corseted for the audition and then I had to stay in that room until 1 30 at night fully corseted and learn the other three numbers that I would be in it was insane and then literally the next day I was on a plane to New York we rehearsed for almost 12 hours a day Madonna is very intense um I did not think she was mean at all. I know that there have been rumors about that. I did not see that at all. I think maybe why she gets these things said about her is because she is so meticulous. She looks at every single little detail and she does. She's a true workhorse. She rehearses it over and over in full drag, like mind you, not only us, but her as well. So I really loved the process because I felt like if I was at her level or rather when I'm at her level, I will be very similar to that. Now, one thing I will say is she would have us come in at like 2 to 3 and then rehearse to like, you know, 2 to 3 in the, you know, morning. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm that way, like I would want to like start at 10 end at 10, yes. you know, because like yes. I was in New York and I really didn't get to see any of my friends and stuff, which it's like, whatever, that's not what I was there for. I was there for Madonna. And um, one other little anecdote that I have to tell you about is when I finally got my, my real costume, she kept telling them to make my corset tighter. And like, I would do it like a little tighter and a little tighter, but like, I don't corset, okay? I leave that up to Violet, who was also in the show, and so was Bob. Um, and so when we did the final walkthrough, Madonna literally titanicked me, put her knee in my back, and yanked my corset so Stop tight. Stop I'm not kidding you. Madonna yanked
1: your corset? Literally,
0: it was amazing. And right before I went on to perform, she came out of her dressing room and thanked me for, and I quote, saving her show at the last minute. So it was a really, it was a beautiful moment that one day I know I will write about in a book and something that I'll remember forever. I mean, my best friends are obsessed with her. So like oh. seeing the joy that it brought them in addition was so rewarding and Yeah, I just feel really, really grateful that I got the opportunity to not only recreate Vogue and do all the original choreography, but to also then dance with her for the finale number. It was truly a life-changing experience. And then uh, literally that night, we ended at 2 in the morning, and I was in a car by 4 in the morning to go to Seattle, where I then performed at Seattle Pride. So... My busy schedule right now is, is insane but I'm very blessed. I'm very booked. The chips are stacking. You can call me Miss Pringle. Ooh. And baby, I am just ready for July, you know. I can't believe Pride Month here is over, but Pride continues around the world, so I'm excited that I still have a lot more bookings. I'm actually headed to Dewey Beach this week. Cincinnati's on the on the board, uh Puerto Rico's on mm-hmm. the board, so we still have a lot more pride to celebrate out there with all of you. Did you have friends come and see you? I did. I was able to get four comps. So I had one of my very first boyfriends in life. His name is Terry Snyder. Love him to death. He was there. My friend uh, Mikey Sylvester, who I actually met through Alyssa Edwards, House of Edwards. And then I had my dear friend Krista Youngs, who's an amazing singer-songwriter. She actually wrote my song, Daddy and Poison Ivy. And her boyfriend, Liquid Todd, who's a very famous radio DJ. So all four of them got to come and see. And yeah, they filmed the whole thing for me for my vlog. So I'm going to be posting that eventually. And definitely stay tuned. I'll be trickling out the, the Madonna content.
1: That is so cool. And just being able to say that, like, you know, I'm glad that you didn't course it all the way yeah. those times, because yeah. then you wouldn't have had that iconic moment of Madonna <gasps> I coursing guess, you. I guess
0: that's so true. I thought you were saying like, so that you didn't die. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what about you? What were you up to this week? Obviously, we just heard you got to see Juno this week, which is yes. so cool. Any Anything else that was super fun or exciting or not fun or exciting? Um,
1: <laughs> let's see. Um, no, I got to see Juno. um be doing an interview with her this week. So I'm very nice. excited about that. That'll be Probably my first like over the pond non drag race in person interview. Okay, so fun.
0: Um, she very... also identifies as trans, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. love it.
1: So I'm excited about that.
0: Um, and this week was literally just like a
1: lot of, I guess, getting back into myself. Um, Get I had... into
0: the groove. Yes. Into... I can't there you sing. Go. I'm not going to sing, girl. Not without auto tune.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's kind of like getting back into it. My boyfriend and I had a talk. I think that I probably. Not a talk.
0: Well, it was That sounds so serious. Oh, well,
1: it kind of was. It was it was serious in the way of um I think that I've been going through a little bit of depression in different ways I think COVID just kind of like screwed me up in certain ways because when you're on the spectrum, you when things when big events happen, you can kind of like revert back into, you know, extreme social anxiety and revert back into, you know, really not wanting to go and explore or go and hang out with people. And I really got into probably a bad little hiccup to where I didn't really like want to go and work out. I didn't really want to go and do this. And I think Okay, well, first
0: off, no one wants to go and work out. No, nobody does. And if they do, they're lying to themselves. That's what I say.
1: (laughs) And so I think with my emotions, my mom was just diagnosed with cancer and I've had a lot of I don't know how to handle my emotions sometimes. And I don't know the feelings that I have. So I think that I just took all of those things and just took them and was like, I need to just spend time with myself. And I kind of just like became like a hermit for a bit. And now it's like, once he said that I was receptive and hearing as you should always be when somebody says something. And that's why I like tried to push myself a little bit more this week. So I went and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to work from home this week. I'm going to go and work you know, somewhere out in public and I'm going to, that's why I went last night. And I was like, let me go and, you know, out with my boyfriend and his friends and let's go out and have some drinks or whatever. Let me get Taco Bell. Let me just try to like slowly kind of like push myself a little bit further to get out of that
0: funk. Well, if anyone understands depression, it is me. I think, um, you know, I put off this, like, projection into the world that it's so great. I'm dancing for Madonna and I'm flying Mm -hmm. over here and doing all this. But, like, you know, after the gig with Madonna, I was totally depressed. I called my best friends and, like, talked to them for an hour about it. And, you know, like, I think that depression is something that we don't talk about enough. We don't talk enough about mental health. And I think that every single person struggles with it. And I love that about you. I love that you always, like, are honest and, like, bring that up. Because, again, it's something that I don't really talk about Mm -hmm. with people. But my best friends know like this is something that I struggle with and you know it's hard to be traveling the world alone and that's why I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful that you have a partner who can reflect the things that you need to see that sometimes you can't see in yourself you know and while I don't have that currently I know I will one day and I I look forward to that but I am so grateful that I have such like an incredible support system here uh, in LA that even when I'm off in New York doing this incredible thing that I can call and they're not like bitch you're with Madonna like put a smile on your face like they're like we get it you know like this is normal and you're a human. And even though you're having such a high high, you know, yeah, you go back to your hotel room, you're alone, you're having mm-hmm. an hour and a half to get changed to go to your next gig. Like it does. It gets the ri- the rigorousness. Is that a word? Rigorous. The rigor. Ri- it's I no know what you're saying. Rigorous? rigorous. Well, the rigidness. No, the. the rigamorous. Yeah, rigamorous <laughs> of my schedule. You know, it does. It definitely like plays a huge part a of my depression. And I think a lot of the times that's why I work so hard is to like not have to deal with the depression. And that's why the minute when I'm not working, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm really sad. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. You know, it really sucks. So I hear you. Good for you for getting out of the house. Uh, those are when people always ask me, like, how do you combat it? I always say, like, switch up your routine. I think yeah. for me, I love routines, but sometimes that routine is detrimental to my health. Yeah. So getting out of the house, forcing yourself to exercising, going for really good, delicious fried chicken. Yes. I swear for me, that always helps. Or really? ramen, fried chicken or ramen. What those kind are of like fried chicken t- and from where? Popeyes. Oh my gosh. Popeyes. Spicy, not spicy. I feel like we've talked about this we one year, have, no? but I don't
1: think it was on this podcast. Okay, I think okay. it was a <laughs>
0: combo. Oh, just an outside chicken yeah, combo. It was an
1: outside chicken.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I just, for me, I don't know. I think because I grew up in the South, my mother would mm-hmm. always make fried chicken. And so it's kind of a comfort food for Same. me. And then ramen is like when I'm like, oh, I don't want to be fat, but I still want to have something good. Yes. You know? I feel a little you. pork belly, a little egg. Yes. Ooh. Yes.
1: But I'd be, yeah, I, I'm very glad that. We can talk about this very openly. I've had we've had a lot of comments like from the past conversations on like the YouTube and stuff like mentioning like, you know, thank you. Like, I think that mental health and depression, anxiety and those things are just so not
0: talked about. No. And your favorites have it. Like, that's the thing like, you know, not to throw their name out there but it's like I know even Trixie and Katya two of the most successful drag queens in the world struggle with this and struggle with anxiety and you know that's, that's what I'm saying I think that this is a real thing for everyone it's just that a lot of people are like well that's not a part of my brand or yeah. and I'm not saying that about Trixie and Katya that's not throwing shade at them I'm just saying you know for a lot of people I think it is hard to be open and honest but I think that's how we shift and I think that's how we change this whole stigma around it is when we all say like okay but well, actually I feel that way too yeah. then it's like okay so now I'm not even alone and just knowing that at least for me makes me feel better and that's why it's like every time you say it I'm like I hear you I feel you I'm reflecting it back at you like I get it like it's especially in LA it's hard not to get depressed here and especially with the climate I literally finished Madonna and then I got online the next day and it was like abortion you know has is now illegal so it's like it's kind of hard to be positive when we're going through such trying times you know
1: exactly well we're going to get into the little thing that you just said Uh-oh. Um. in a little bit. So let's take a break. And yeah, we're we gonna need get, a break up. We need that. a break and we're gonna get into this
0: episode. <laughs>
1: We are back. It is queening out. I'm Joseph Shepard, here with Laganja Astranja. Now, Miss Laganja, we get into this episode. The Vivian one last week. So RuPaul's like, I'm gonna pull up a Pinterest board. I thought Pinterest like went bankrupt. I, I thought did. it was gone too. I was, I was so like, gagged.
0: I was like, wow, not the sponsorship from Pinterest yeah, on Drag from Race. Pinterest. We are really reaching. <laughs> we are reaching for sponsors. Is it
1: 2009? Um, And so there were eight different looks of RuPaul's since the Vivian one. She got to choose the first look um, that she would then interpret and design in whatever way. And then she passed it on and it
0: kept going and going and What did we have there? Well, I was gagged that Raja was the last one picked. I was like, okay, this is definitely because they know she's good at design. So they're like, we're not picking her. Um, But yeah, I I, I saw a lot of looks that I definitely gravitated towards that I myself would like want to reinvent. Um, Credit to RuPaul for just being so creative on always making it about herself. Mm -hmm. I just love that she finds new ways every time to like bring it back to her, bring it back to the brand. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of, creativity in the room. I was really impressed. Like, a lot of great looks here. A lot. Yeah. Um, Do you want to read through this this little list and who had what? Okay, sure. First up, we have Jada Essence Hall, and she selected the tribute to Diana Ross look. And this was a gold, shimmery look that I feel, personally, she really encapsulated. Like, so gorgeous.
1: I love that she... Thought about RuPaul wearing a like a look for Diana Ross, this tribute, and then was like, I want to Diana Ross it a little bit more. And I was like, okay, girl. I was like, she hit it. She hits it out of the park every single time. Yeah,
0: yeah I thought this week was truly remarkable. I thought the hair and mug alone was like award winning. And then that outfit, you know, the judges said it, and I will echo it. It would look good on so many different body types that deep plunging neckline, you know, the revealed hip, yes. which is so current right now, the way she combined two different fabrics to create that final, you know, shimmery sequin textile. Amazing. I mean, she just, she nailed it. Like even the way she, you know, had the back of the fabric on her back. It was like Mm -hmm. a different material, but it was, it was simple and sleek. And I thought, you know, I hate wearing sequins a lot because they cut you up. So I thought that was very smart of her to do something on the back that wasn't so like jarring into her back, you know? I mean, I just, brilliant, brilliant. Uh, So good. So Miss Jada, it's an absolute wear it from me,
1: one hundred percent wear it for me too. I absolutely love everything that you brought, and that wig too. I'm like, that Keg. was that was out of this world. So wear it. You wear
0: it well. Then up next we had Jinx Monsoon, and she was giving us a Down Under season one promo. Now Mama, it was a tear for me. It was a complete tear. I'm me. like, are the judges just being really nice? Like. It didn't represent that look to me at all. And I know you were supposed to like make it your own, but it was like, girl, she went into the wild, wild west. It was West world. It was West wonders. (laughs) I don't know. It was, it was not the look for me.
1: I thought it was the best of the two looks that she's done.
0: Absolutely. And if it was a different challenge, not a bad look, but it did not give me RuPaul reference at all. The color, that was it, purple. Why does
1: she always get purple? She was purple last time, too.
0: She was a purple people eater? Yeah. Oh.
1: I was just like, oh.
0: Your memory's good.
1: My memory's I don't even watch Untucked,
0: and I still can't keep all this together.
1: (laughs) Well, you didn't miss much on Untucked this week. We'll get into that in a bit. I thought that it was a great track.
0: A great try. A for effort. Loved the use of a beaded fringe. Loved the use of sequins. Loved her creativity with, you know, using a bodysuit she already had and adorning it with uh, materials. That's exactly what I would do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, liked the high-low train. There were good things there. But for me, ultimately, it was a tarot.
1: I, I will say, though, and I said this earlier when I was talking about, like, my nails and stuff, I was laughing so hard when she was going through her little moment of, like, hysteria. Do you ever have moments like that?
0: I am hysteric all the time. That's like my brand. So, yeah.
1: Are you sure? I don't remember that any in season six.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, up next, we have Monet Exchange, and she is giving us the iconic and somewhat infamous, if you will, face kini look. Ooh. Now. I was gagged when RuPaul did this look on the show in the beginning. I actually lived for it because it was so different. I believe, maybe you'll know more, rumor has it that there was an eye infection or something going on. And so that was why she did this look with the big glasses over the face. kini was to like hide that. Really? That's what I'd heard. That's what I heard.
1: Because I had heard that this was the moment of the... Makeup switch? Yes.
0: <gasps> okay. I, I have heard... also heard that rumor too.
1: Yeah, I had heard that this was the... I guess season nine or whatever it was, and that uh Matthew Anderson did episode one. And then I guess that there was contractual issues. Disagreements. Disagreements. Yeah. And he bowed out. So that was the next episode where he didn't have
0: makeup. Wow. If I'm
1: correct, it may be completely I, wrong. I've definitely but I'm heard, heard sure that sure too. That, yeah. And maybe
0: the rumor that I said was like the one to cover up that rumor. Mm, <laughs> yeah. But either way, it was an iconic moment. It was, yes. A very smart choice by Monet. And I loved the look. I really did. I thought the clashing patterns was so cool. I loved that she was able to execute a bodysuit. Body like, with fingers. And the hat. She yes. made a top hat. Like, I thought it was great. She looked gorgeous. I just saw her picture on Instagram that she posted of it. She, chef's kiss. It's a wear it for me.
1: Wear it 100% for me too. I think that I when she first walked out, it was very simple and I kept thinking to myself, I was like, oh, simple is as simple as does. Like, it's not like Completely wooing me. But then I t- had to take a moment and be like, she made a fucking bodysuit for her body that fit like a glove and literally with had gloves. gloves. Right. And I'm like, with a hat, with everything, no, 100% wear it.
0: The only thing she could have done if she had the time, which she didn't because she was fitting it to her body to perfection, would be add rhinestones. Yes. That's it. Like if it yeah. just had a little bit of sparkle here and there, I think that could have like maybe taken it to this like next umpteenth level. But, yeah, no, it was amazing. Amazing.
1: So good. You wear it
0: well. Then next up, we had Raja with the season seven promo, which was like the white rip vibe. The white rip vibe. With the huge mohawk. Mm -hmm. Definitely an iconic moment. I mean, it came right after my season, and I thought, like, you know, the Black Panther rip was, like, more fierce. Mm -hmm. But I love the look. Now, I had mixed feelings about Raja's interpretation. I think in movement, it looked great. It looked exactly like what she was going for. But when she stood on the runway and she told the judges like, I just kept going more as more as more. And I'm like, I could tell. I could tell. So ultimately, I hate to say it. It was a tarot for me. I didn't really love it. I do think it was too much. I do think it swallowed her. But I could see it in the right Movie, you know, like if it was like post apocalyptic, zombie esque, glamour, I could see it really fitting in and working as a piece of fashion. But as again, something as far as that I would wear, no, I don't think I would wear it. I thought the, you know, 1920s headband like didn't really correlate with the ruggedness of the outfit. And yeah, I just think she kind of got carried away and like went overboard. I mean, I loved when they showed us the close-up shot of her taking the ostrich feathers individually and gluing them to the cage. Yeah. Very like what I did for my All-Star Season 6 look, although I didn't do it. I had designers do it. Um, so I liked those, you know, I liked that she was paying attention to those details. I just think there was too many details. It was too fucking much.
1: I agree with you. I I think that my issue was just, it looked like big Pipe cleaners on her back, and that's <laughs> what annoyed cleaners. me. And it was like, it, it to me, it cheapened the look. Yeah, and I was like, I, I wasn't necessarily for any of that. I was laughing so hard when she was like, "It's a dream catcher," and then Trinity was like, "More like a nightmare catcher." Yeah, I was the like,
0: shade.
1: Oh, it was so good. Um, but yeah, I would have to tear it.
0: Yeah. Mm-mm. Sorry, Raj. Sorry. Up next, we have Shay Coulée serving Season Five Sugar Ball Luke, and I have to agree with Miss RuPaul. This is one of my favorite looks she's ever done. I think the photo of her backstage, yes, so iconic, Gorgeous. so iconic. And I think Shay completely hit this out of the park. It is a 100% wear it. It was genius. I love when Betsy Johnson told her she's like scary pretty. Yes, I'm like I agree. Like when she turned the corner, I was like, oh, I would not want to meet her in an alley. Like she looked like she could kick your ass. But she looks so gorgeous. I loved the interpretation. I loved the painting of the actual fabric. Mm -hmm. I loved the simple body. I I just think it was really executed really well. Very smart choices.
1: I had two confusion points. Okay. One was there was fabric that had prints on it already, and she didn't use it. So in in my weird head, I was like, I understand why you wanted to spray paint and give it your own and maybe make it look better. But then the other part was like, well, taking all that time to do that took away from the creation of something. I, because
0: well, where I disagree. See, I think that that was her creative process, and that was so unique that she made a fabric that looked just like his, you know?
1: I, I think that I loved the from the waist up. I think I, I just was not a fan of the pink spandexy type pants. I don't know. It really took me out of the illusion. I thought everything else was to die for. I loved how she brought that fabric onto her arms. Like, I thought everything was great. But I don't know what it was. It was just those pants. I, I, okay. That was my... So it's like a half wear it for you?
0: What? <laughs> okay. Just a what? you wearing yeah. well. Where is she? <laughs> Oliver Twist reference. <laughs> my God, the singing I've been doing this episode. I really need the autotune. Please, editor, help me on that. Up next we have The Vivian serving Season 7 Despi award look. Do you remember that one? I don't remember what it looked like. Ah yes, the gold lamé with the bunny ears. Well, I liked the look, but it wasn't memorable clearly no. for us. So that's not good, but I would wear the look. I would. It was a good look. She looked good.
1: I liked the look except for whatever the the tool underneath the, tool the gold the It really just took me away.
0: But it kind of provided volume. And otherwise, I think that dress would have really like slinky to the ground and been boring. You know, it added some texture. It added a sort of uh, height to it, a mm-hmm. shape to it. Um, yeah, no, I really think I'd wear it. But I have to say, you know, for not being very memorable, it would be a tarot. Yeah. No tea. Tarot. Sorry, mama. Up next, we have Trinity the Tuck serving season eight promo look, and oh my god. I could not. This queen is unreal. This queen is unreal. I'm like, okay, she definitely took it out of the workroom and stayed up all night working on it. There's no way she completed that in the workroom. And that's usually what happens is we'll get like four to six to eight hours. No, we never got eight. That's definitely a lie. Four to six hours to work on it in the workroom. And if you wanted, you would be allowed to take it to your room and you could work on it all night. And clearly that's what she did. There's just no way. All those hand-placed rhinestones, like my God. Now there was an applique in the center of the bow. So that wasn't hand placed, but definitely all the work that was done up on top was all individually glued. I mean, it was just amazing. It's incredible what that queen can whip out. I'm like, wow, I wish I could make my clothes.
1: (laughs) I was like, this looks better than people's designer made gowns that they're bringing on. I was like, oh my goodness. She kicked it out of the park again. I loved was it the tool at the bottom? Like kind of like how it, like mermaid, is it mermaid? Yes, oh, you're learning. Oh, Yes, I am. Um, yeah, I thought that that was, she looked absolutely beautiful. It was everything for me.
0: She was a vision in blue, vision which blue. by the way, sapphire is blue. We,
1: yes. Did you get that yes, comment? I got that comment. Thank you for was... those
0: of you who educated us. What color do we think it was, red? I think we said yeah, sapphire red. Yeah. we were
1: red. like is red, and then everybody's like, no!
0: It's Siam. That's red. Uh, Siam is red, not sapphire. So I was semi-close. Give me a break, okay? We were gayer. We I were, do get medicated we were, for we these. We weren't gayer. We were there. <laughs> I said and last up, we have Miss Evie Oddly serving supermodel of the world. The look that Raja originally wanted, the red look, which mm-hmm. is an iconic look. And yeah, I think Evie did... A great job with this too. I really think she looked beautiful. She definitely interpreted it in her own way. Mm-hmm. I loved the pant. I loved the juxtaposition of all the different types of fabrics she used. I love how the pant had a sheen, but the top was matte. Um, I definitely think it's a wear it for me. She did a great job.
1: I love the pants, did not like the other. I okay. think that, like the tool on the arms and stuff, I understand where she was going, but it didn't look fully complete to me there. But those pants, I was like, oh, the color, how the fit. I was like, I am down for that. So it was a. You wear it
0: well. Okay, I like it. I like a half wear. A half wear. Well, overall, we just have to say, I mean, the girls turned it out this week. Look after look. It was so amazing. And it's just really incredible to see these, you know, winners produce such fully realized looks. I, I thought like wow, this is why I don't go back, you know? Like, I just, I really, there's no way I could make anything that would look as incredible as Trinity's. Like, there's just no way. There's no way.
1: What RuPaul would you have chosen if you had the choice out of all of them?
0: Honestly, I think I would have chosen the face kini. Really? Yeah, because it's so iconic in my mind. And I also feel like, you know, I love a club kid look. I think maybe a lot of people don't expect that of me. But if you go back and look in the beginning of my career, that was really my vibe. In fact, Astranja stood for and still does the strange, the being, you know, avant-garde. And so I really like things that are out of the box. And yeah. uh, I think it would have been easy to like taste, take a piece of fabric and cut three holes in it. I think I could have like managed that, you know? Yeah. So I, I think I I would have definitely tried to have been inspired by that. What about you?
1: I think the bow look just really resonated with me. Like I kept thinking about it and I was like, I really think that I would have done like a bow that was turned this way. So this is like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like the triangles like here, yep. here, and then this is that, and then another here, here. Ooh, but slutty. Like, fully around, yeah. I don't know. Oh, no, not just... fully
0: around. Just one big bow.
1: Just one big bow. Just naked. Giving just ass naked. in the back. Yes. <laughs> you know what? RuPaul loves that. Valentina, got Mick, you know? Yeah,
0: we love an ass reveal. We I think Detox was the first girl to actually pull that off. Yes. You know, see, I like to go back to the OGs, okay? Did I'm you see Detox's look? At Madonna? Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Although I have to say my favorite was Gigi Good. Gigi I saw so it up close. Good. I saw it up close. That girl is freaking gorgeous. So gorgeous. She looked, I mean, not like Madonna. Like I was going to say she was Madonna, but it's like, no, she looked like Gigi. She's beautiful on her own, but she was really capturing the essence of Madonna. Gorgeous.
1: Well, on that note, like you said, well, normally this is the part where we go into the time machine. We would time warp it up, and then you would talk about your Design challenge, but we already had a design challenge. That's right. Which you discussed. That's right. So I think that you should fire up the time warp. Okay. And we just go back to that first episode. Let's talk about that photo challenge because we've lost photo challenges. We don't have those have anymore. we really? They're really the rare. The modeling
0: challenge, right? They're really rare. Wow, that's crazy to me because so much of what I do in my real day-to-day life is a lot of taking photos, you know? So I would think that that would be a challenge that would really stay there because that's what a lot of drag queens do, especially as, like, influencers in the world. Um, You know, for me, that day one, I was on such a natural high. I'd had, like, four Red Bulls and so many cigarettes, and, like, I was just so excited to finally be out of my room and be there with everyone. And, yeah, I just remember walking in and, like, At that point, you know, it wasn't established to me that I was annoying and people were laughing at all my antics. So like I thought RuPaul was living for me. You know, I didn't I didn't realize they were really laughing at me and not with me. So I had a great time. It's definitely one of my best memories, you know, being able to jump off that platform and launch into RuPaul's hip pads is what they called them was so fun and so natural for me. You know, I love being in front of a photographer's camera. I, I like The other camera, too, with TV and film. But I am so much more comfortable, because I'm a dancer not talking, not speaking, and just posing. That's really what I live for, using my body as language. So yeah, I'm so proud of that shot. You know, I hit a perfect passe, turned out front foot. I gave you arms. The feathers were flying. I mean, I would love to have seen my other shots in in that challenge because I really think there was probably a lot of other good ones. But the one that they ended up choosing, I think is, is super iconic. And I see the gif all the time of the kids using it. And, you know, I think that that's like, a sure way to know, like, okay, I made a stamp, even on that first episode.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, like, looking back on it, those were the moments that I absolutely loved the most was the, the photo challenges. Yeah, Mike Ruiz, remember? Yes. He was a part
0: of it so much. Yes.
1: And when those things happen, do you did you know beforehand that you would be having a photo challenge, or was it like you just walked into a room?
0: So I'm pretty sure they would brief us like they would first. First, we walked into the room. We met each other. Then we got the room message. The mm-hmm. room message gave us an idea of what was coming up. Wait, when a room message comes up, mm-hmm. is it? Is it what we see on TV? It is. It actually is. And it really does interrupt the girls. You notice how like they're mm-hmm. talking and it always seems to interrupt. That is actually real. That's exactly what happens. You know, producers are waiting to get enough story out of everyone in the beginning. And then once they've gotten enough story, they, like, they send the message. Right. Yeah. So it, that is real. And we, and we do see the the video just like you end up seeing in the audience. And so I believe if I'm correct, that's when Rue then walked down the stairs and told us that we would be doing a photo challenge. So we had an idea I don't believe we knew we would be launching off a platform (laughs) and jumping. I just think we knew it was photo related because they want to see those reactions. So my from what I remember, we didn't know exactly what was happening. And it wasn't until I walked in the room and saw the ladder going up to the giant platform that I was like, oh, we're about to like you know, do this. And I believe at that point, I actually took my shoes off and put on ballet flats because I wanted to be able to like point my feet and not just have like this chunky because at that time I had on a a ostrich yellow feather high heel. And so I felt like, you know, I wanted to give line and length. And so I put on a flat, but I'm not again, it's it's kind of hard to remember exactly. I'm sure if we pulled up the picture we could see, but I'm pretty sure I switched to flats because I wanted to, like I said, be able to jump and give those, you know, dancerly lines.
1: Do you, did you keep anything like, did you ever get pictures blown up? Do you ever like have those things anywhere? Did you no
0: No, I keep my fan art. I have tons of that that I love or my butt art. I should say definitely keep all of that. Um, But no, I don't really have anything from season six that I like got printed out and framed. I mean, I definitely made I feel very attacked merch. I made little enamel pins. So I have certain things that tie back to the show, but. Nothing that I was like, oh, that's so gorgeous. I want to that blow you, it yeah. up. No, I have current photos of myself in my house. Hello. Do you? I do. I do. You know, um, my best friend, Robert Heyman, uh, just did this incredible gallery oh, at, at the Artistry. Artistry. Yeah. Yes. And so... Um, It's about to be taken down. And so I am going to take a couple of the pieces and put them in the house. Although we were discussing which pieces and I was like, I'm not going to take the pieces where it's just me. Cause like that feels much. The only picture I have of myself in my house right now is me standing on top of a slave. So like, I like to have, um, paintings or pictures in my house that, you know, are references to me, but it's not just like my face in my living room. So the, the newest painting that I'm going to take from the gallery, um, is of me and my dear friend, Laura, we're both naked and she's basically over me, like milking me and I'm like up Yay! licking towards her titty. So, you know, I think it'll go, it's black and white. I think it'll look beautiful in my house. And again, it's not just me. It's like of, of me and a friend. And I feel like those work better. I don't want to be like Jack, if you remember from Will and Grace, like when you would go into his apartment, it was like a giant headshot of him above his- Like uh, Trixie Mattel. In her in her motel. Does yes. she have that in her real house?
1: She, I think she said she did.
0: Okay. Interesting. Well, I know she did it in her motel, which I was like, well, that makes sense because your fans are coming there. But yeah, I don't want you to walk into my house and it's just pictures of me everywhere. Like I think eventually when I have a mansion, maybe one day I would have like a gallery space where I might have that. Smart. But yeah, like, I don't know. It just seems a little, a little much. And you know, drag queens, we love our ourselves a lot, but that's, that's like taking it to another level. Yeah.
1: The only image that I really have is um, did you ever, did David Puck ever do you, um, mm-hmm, the painter? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that image of, uh, that he did of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how he does it. Like, He's it amazing. looks so great. And yeah. I was like, give me mine. And I have it behind me. That's like, so cameras. cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, um, we're out of the time warp. We're I love gonna, it. We're going to take a break and we're going to get back with all of the hoo has and hitty
0: And we are back with Queening Out. I'm your girl, Miss Laganja Estranja, here with Joseph Shepard, spilling all the piping hot tea, honey, for RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars 7.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I was looking for piping hot tea. I really couldn't find anything for this episode. You're like
0: the Nancy Drew of drag. I
1: know. I guess this episode was just very low-key and that there wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. But... On that note, I do want to bring up a conversation just because, you know, we were getting a little political and there was a humongous thing that happened here in the United States. The Supreme Court, um, in a ruling of six to three, ended up basically giving all of the rights of abortion back to the states. So states can now choose if and if not, you can get an abortion and you can get charged for it. You can go to jail for it. Some states don't even consider rape or being molested or anything like that as being a portion of being able to get an abortion. So you would have to actually go through with that. And if you didn't, then you could get arrested for that. And I think it was a humongous question central of going back to what in the world is happening in our country today. Because you look at statistics, you look at how the whole United States is basically saying, and- It's I'm pretty sure. And I think it was like 82 percent, if I'm correct, that are okay with it. 82 percent. And the other 18, 19, 20 percent, whatever, is the ones that are not okay for it. So my head always goes to this place of why do nine people get to choose our destinies? These nine people that we didn't even get to vote for. We didn't even get to try. We didn't even get to be like, you know what? I really want Clarence Thomas to be on the Supreme Court. No, I don't want Clarence Thomas to be on the Supreme Court, but somebody else chose him for us. And that, to me, is just incorrect in so many ways that these things happen. And then on top of that, Clarence Thomas and his um they all have to like write their dissents, and you know, they're writing out all this stuff. And then he basically said that he believes that they should look into the cases that were gay marriage and um contraceptives and stuff. And it's like we should revisit those. And it's like these cases were already determined. Why are we taking away? more people's freedom. And I know it's frustrating for people and I know it's angry. And I know that the politicians keep saying vote. And yes, it's so annoying that we are voting for these politicians and they are. We view it as they're not doing the things that we believe that they should be doing. But to be truthful, the government is a humongous checks and balance systems of so many different ifs, ands or buts and laws and everything that we can't do a lot of things, and I think that that becomes the most depressive part.
0: Yeah, I, I think the whole thing in general is just shocking. I remember when the news was leaked, and I was just like, "Oh, that'll never pass." And I just think, like, "Wow, how naive of me to really have believed that?" Um, and it just is insane that you know six people can decide the future for yeah. all of America. I think that that is such a horrible system that really needs to be revisited, obviously. And yeah, I'm very scared for gay rights, trans rights. I absolutely think we're on the chopping block. And, you know, I just think that it is so insane that men, predominantly men, there was only one woman, decided something for a woman's body. I just don't understand that. And of course, not just women, we have gender nonconforming and trans people who have uteruses. So... You know, I don't want to uh, neglect them as well. Um, but anyone with a uterus that someone can decide what they do with that uterus is just, it's beyond me. And it's so backward. And I've really tried to be as vocal as I can about it yeah. on my platform and encourage people to vote. Because, you know, just posting something on your story and spreading the message isn't enough. The yeah. only way we're really going to change this is if we vote and if we get out there and if we're vocal. So, um yeah, it's really devastating, and I, I just can't even believe we're taking 50 years of stepping back to where we where we once were. You know, I saw this clip of a 90-year-old woman saying this was oh my the gosh, saddest was so sad. day of her that. life, and that she never thought she would see something like this, and I just can't even believe it. I really still can't, like, and coming off that Madonna gig and already having a little depression and then reading that news, it was just like, gosh, like, what am I working so hard for? This world is fucked. Like, we're yeah. so screwed, you know? So. It's definitely devastating, but I still have hope. I think that there's a lot of really intellectual, hardworking politicians out there that are going to fight this and that hopefully, you know, will make it so that most states can't go backwards.
1: Yeah. And I like went into a full research mode of how and if we could get, you know, this back, like how do we, you know, erase that moment? And I believe that the biggest things that I was reading or that I was taking away is that hopefully, you know, the president and the people around can end up making the federal grounds on all of the states. Like, hey, there's a federal ground at, you know, the U.S. Post Office. Maybe there's a clinic that's on their federal ground because the states don't own that ground. Interesting. So I saw that. I also saw that there is... Um, A Jewish synagogue in Florida that they believe that I believe that they have like an 18 or 20 week rule or something like that with abortions and that they believe that abortion should be doable and they are wanting to sue for religious freedom.
0: Interesting. And so
1: the way that I look at it is like, if all of these religions that are not under that ideology end up suing, then these cases are eventually going to have to go back to the Supreme Court. So I just think everybody should be extremely Sue happy. I think that you should be looking into religions. I don't care. Let's make up a fucking fake religion and let's go for it. You know, like it's it's not right. It's not okay. Um, do your research and yes.
0: Yes. Agreed. Agreed. I do not believe, you know, one person's or however many you know persons religion should dictate that for others. The whole point of America is we're supposed to be the land of the free, meaning you can have your religion. I can have mine. We can believe in what we want to believe in. But those do not dictate how each other should live their life. Exactly.
1: Well, on that note, guys, we are going to take a quick break and we'll get back into this episode. And our lovely faces. Well, we are back. It's Queening Out. I'm Joseph Shepard. That's a uh,
0: I don't know. What is that? Laganja Estranja. Oh, oh you didn't know your I'm name, like, I was wait, like. What? Ah! That's a what? That's a time warp. That's <laughs> a and I'm Laganja Estranja.
1: We um saw all the legendary looks come out that were of RuPaul. Uh, we had our top two, Jada Essence Hall and Trinity The Tuck Taylor. Do you agree? I do. 100%. I agree 100%. Same. Yeah. Um, the lip sync song was I Want Love by Jessie J.
0: Uh, Trinity ended up pulling it out. Trinity literally slid into her baham. Yes! And ate it. I was like... That was iconic. Iconic. That was iconic. iconic. She tossed the salad live on stage. She did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I was wondering in that moment too, I always think about when one person goes into the other person's lip sync, what I would do in that moment. Uh-huh. Like if I thought I was killing it and then somebody came, like Trinity came in and just put her face in my ass, I'd be like, what am
0: I gonna do now? You just fucked my, fuck my head. You bent over and bend take o- it like the man that you are, honey. What do you mean? Don't act like that's your first time. <laughs> Not my
1: first time at the rodeo. Or your last. Or you
0: my last. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, so Trinity wins. She wins her 10 grand and she blocks
0: Evie Oddly. Yeah, it was a smart choice in smart my opinion. Choice. I think it was. You know, Evie came up real quick. So it was like, hold on, mama. Hold on, mama. I think it was smart. I do.
1: I agree with that. And then we get into our stars. I'm going to read these off. We have Jinx with two, Shay with one, Monet with one, Trinity with two, Jada has three stars.
0: Ooh, Mm. I would've blocked her then. We need to block her. But we could have because
1: she was in the top.
0: Oh, because she won? Yeah. So you can't block one of the winners? You can't block one of the winners. These rules. These rules. They're
1: smart. Vivian has one, Raja one, and Evie with two. Ooh, and we have five episodes left.
0: Wow. It's getting
1: close, gal. It's getting close. Yeah. Have you been enjoying the season?
0: I really have, you know, I think this has definitely been a legendary legend season. I really do, we've been, you know, there hasn't been a lot of drama, which let's all be honest out there. We love, we love the drama of it all. So maybe that has been a little missing, but I just think that the the level of performance has been spectacular. Yeah. Spectacular.
1: I agree, I, I think it's like, I feel like I'm watching a different television show, I guess you would say. It
0: doesn't feel as
1: RuPaul's Drag Race, as the current season, it feels very RuPaul's Drag Race is like
0: seasons like one through eight. Yeah, yeah. like totally. older, like. Yeah, well, school, I think because I'm... they brought back some of the OGs too, yes. we're, we're getting that vibe more. Yeah. Love it. Well, guys, that was our episode. We did it. Another episode of Queening, Queening Out. out. Okay. okay, we did it. We did it. We did it. Um, so
1: be sure if you're watching this video episode to leave your favorite part down below, comment down below. Um, give it a thumbs up, like, subscribe, and then go head over to the podcast version and go rate us, review us, like, subscribe, do all of those goodies. And we are now going to be on the same page, right? We're going to be like uploading at the same time. I so believe get... so,
0: yes. And I just remembered, I know you said there wasn't much, but what did we miss in Untucked?
1: So in Untucked basically came down to all the girls were sitting down in their couches and they all started going around how many stars they had and if they've been blocked or not. And Trinity was actually thinking about blocking jinx. But once Evie Oddly said, I have two stars and no blocks, Trinity was like, It's only fair. Yeah. So you need a block mama. You need a block mama. That was basically it. Betsy Johnson came in. Love Um, her, iconic splits on the runway. She talked about getting into um, drag back in like the early days and how she started becoming part of the gay culture. Um, And that was about it.
0: Nice. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a a good heartwarming with a light shade drama.
1: Yeah. I really wish though that they would like bring in that pink fuzzy box or something. Yeah. Like they need. I want some little stir it up.
0: Gosh, Joseph's ready to be a producer on the show and make shit happen. I love it.
1: Well, Laganja, that will never happen because. Okay. Little known fact: I've tweeted this out. Uh oh. So when I was at DragCon. Uh huh. And and I'm I feel comfortable now saying this. When I was at DragCon for the past probably like five years, I've gotten a lot of um, I wouldn't say retaliation, but I would say a lot of um, pushback from World of Wonder and VH1 and RuPaul's Drag Race. I never knew why. I could not understand. I could not fathom. They would go back and forth with me, and then I would be like left completely, like in the gutter of not knowing what's going on about like interviewing queens or going through with things. I would have people recommend me for TV shows with them, or like there's things and. They would never respond. And at Climb, somebody from World of Wonder came up to my booth and said, I would like to apologize to you. We had a Joseph Shepard who worked here five plus years ago who stole a television show idea that we had and went and produced it. And we thought that you were this Joseph Shepard. Oh, my God. And they're like, so every time we saw your name, we associated it with the previous Joseph Shepard. And I, in that moment, I think that, I mean, I cried. I was like, not then, but I cried afterwards because it was like, I had been feeling for the longest time that I have been on the precipice of like doing well for myself, but I haven't been able to get quite there. And I never understood the reasoning behind where they were coming from. Um, And now
0: that I knew it was like- Had nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with me. Right. Although now you've partnered with me. So good luck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, guys, that was cleaning out. I am Joseph Shepard. We have new
0: episodes every Tuesday. That's right. Every Tuesday. And you can catch the podcast online at your favorite podcast store, or you can catch it on either one of our YouTubes. Exactly. And, you know, if you have some dying questions, you want to call us up,
1: feel free to, you know, hit us up at 323 607 5-1-1-6.
0: Or you can email us at lagonjoes at gmail.com. That's L-A-G-A-N-J-O-E-S
1: at gmail.com.
0: And you can find me on all social media platforms at Lagonja Astranja, except on TikTok, where I am the only Lagonja Astranja. And you can find me everywhere at Joseph A. Shepherd. I, I don't have the only Joseph A. Shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the only Joseph A. Shepherd to me, and I would never get you confused with someone. Who screwed me over? Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time, we are gonna go. What are we gonna do? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm gonna get Popeyes fried chicken. That's Ooh, what I'm gonna
0: do. Okay, 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 okay. That sounds like a good plan, too. Sounds like a good plan. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> Expose yourself. Ooh.